This is a headgum podcast. Hey, it's Andrew. Hi, Andrew. It's Craig. Craig, let me paint you a picture. Please, I love pictures. All right, let me get my brush out. Yep. Paint, paint, paint. You're okay. watching your favorite movie or TV show. And with each stunning shot or brilliant edit, you're asking yourself, how do they do it? Followed by, how do I do it? <laughs> okay. That's why I love American Masters Creative Spark, the award-winning podcast from PBS that illuminates the creative journeys of icons across disciplines, from music to comedy to poetry to film. Each episode, host Joe Skinner sits down with luminaries like legendary writer-director John Waters, Oscar-winning songwriter Buffy St. Marie, and Pulitzer-winning the Candy House novelist Jennifer Egan, who's a visit from the Goon Squad we discussed way back in 2013, Mm -hmm. and who's... Candy House, we discussed way back a couple weeks ago. Just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> American Masters Creative Spark's latest episode features Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who's appeared in films like The Matrix Resurrections, Candyman, Us, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, I have not seen the first six The yeah. Trial of the Chicago movies. They, they, but... like, they, they get really good at like number three. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't wait for The Trial of the Chicago Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Whether you want to learn more about an old classic, discover a new favor, or find inspiration for your own creative journey, this is the podcast for you. Follow American Masters Creative Spark on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, and tell them we sent you. Everybody, welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. I saw you stretch in the in the Skype that we yep. do. Yeah. And then your voice sounded a little bit like you're stretching. So I wasn't sure if you're doing a stretching bit or if you're just stretching. <laughs> I stretched the- long enough. <laughs> welcome to our book podcast, where every week mm-hmm. one of us reads a book and tells the other person about it. Mm-hmm. I stretched long enough mm-hmm. that I wasn't. It was both. Where like okay. I started the stretch because I was like, well, I don't know. Seems how like I'm a gonna... good time to stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're gonna start the show. Got to limber. You know, got to limber up. Second, yeah. didn't have an opening bit plan. So <laughs> maybe if I stretch, something will come to me, mm-hmm. or I'll just do stretching. Yeah, I don't think like un- usually when we do like a stupid opening bit, it's just like some dumb pun about the title of the book yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with the content. But if we did a slack bit about this week's book that I read, which is called several people are typing by Calvin Kasulki. Yeah. Like the book is all about slack. So I don't think like we would just be burning precious bits that we might need around like minute 25 or so of the podcast. What? How, um, Mm. how would you, could you do the slack noise real quick? What is it? I can only think of like the aim, like it's like The, the slack one is like, the slack one is like the knocking like yeah i read in some i read like three articles about the founding of slack today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and somebody said it was inspired by jazz percussion which you know a lot of things are inspired it's about the messages you don't get you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's all about the the drums that you don't hit yeah with the stick yeah um it just sounds more like a door knocking and when you hear the sound effect, it's like, oh, somebody is knocking on the door of my virtual office 
to bug me about something. Mm. <laughs> so that's why I think of it as a door knocking noise. Distinctly not a computer noise, which is kind of nice. No, it's not computer. It's not like beep boop. Yeah. <laughs> What's it not like? Beep boop. Thank you. Okay. Um, neither of us have read this book before, but we no. are both familiar with Slack. Which I've read it which, now. I've read it before yeah. we sat down to talk, but I did, hadn't read it before that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Kasuki's debut novel. Um, he was a Lambda Literary Fellow for Playwriting. Uh, he's the assistant publisher at Lit Hub. Went to Ithaca College. I have his bio. I, I have two bios from him here. One is from Electric Lit, and one is from uh, Lambda. And I'm going to read the Lambda one just because I think it does give a quick window into where this book comes from. Okay, sure. So, Kasuki is a playwright living in Brooklyn, New York. He's a recipient of a Creative Capital Summer Intensive Fellowship. Uh, if you have a Dungeons & Dragons campaign going in New York City, he'd love to join you. He's currently huh. a senior associate at Precision Strategies, where he is a digital strategist for the good guys. Who Killed Fun Horse is his upcoming radio serial released in fall 2017. His work has appeared on the internet. <laughs> okay. I like that. So, that's the old one. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, he did work at a PR firm, which I think is relevant to this book. It sounds like what y- you just read might have been him working at a PR firm. Also- but some of the places, <laughs> some of the organizations were named so cutesily <laughs> that it's impossible to tell what they actually are doing. Electric Lit. Uh, he's a writer based in Brooklyn. He's the author of several People Are Typing, recipient of the Lambda, Lambda Literary Fellowship, uh, writing and reporting published by Vice, Smell Magazine, DC Comics, and others. A lot of rips in there, unfortunately. Yeah, just, <laughs> just read me the read me the ones that still exist. Oh boy, um, <laughs> read me the ones that aren't flailing for a buyer. As I think we speak. he has some bylines on Slate. Um, oh yeah, Slate's forever, baby. Slate's still there, man. Um, so this book uh, was written in 2019. Uh huh. Um, it's like just pre-pandemic. Just pre-pandemic. So I read an interview. the phenomenon of Slack. Yeah. Well, I read an interview with him. Um, oh, Andrew, what's the like, we're going to talk about Slack a lot in this opening. This book is dot, 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 what? Real quick. It's a book that takes place entirely in Slack. Slack, for those of you who don't know, is a business uh, chat software that managed to convince everybody that it was cool in yeah. like 2014 and so now we're all stuck with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will talk but about like D- discord is the cool the cool one now well the discord is the one where we're leaking dod documents <laughs> i mean so, some yeah. only only sometimes <laughs> dod stands for dump them on discord yeah du- dang <laughs> You should have written for Vice. Um, Somebody should. <laughs> wow. Sorry. That sucks. Um, so he was writing this book in 2019. Uh, I have some stuff on Slack, uh, and it's launched in 2013 in a second. But in an interview with uh, a newsletter called Countercraft, he gave this timeline of the book's publication. So right book, tw- winter 2019. Query agents in spring 2019, 100% rejection rate. Uh-huh. Apply to, MFA, apply to MFA programs with book in autumn of 2019. 100% rejection rate. Mm-hmm. Revise novel and make it gayer, winter 2020. The novel coronavirus becomes a global pandemic, winter-spring 2020. 
Many office workers download Slack or similar chat platforms in order to work from home spring 2020. Query agents with a revised book in May accept offer representation from Kent Wolf, who has great hair, and revised novel June 2020. Book sold a double day July 2020. Option by Nick Kroll, October 2020. Yeah, I saw that. Like, okay, I guess. Book announced as Good Morning America's book club pick of the month, September 2021. That's a bizarre one. And the segment that they did about this book, which is like about Slack and about remote work, but also kind of like some weird internet creepypasta thing. (laughs) It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like Good Morning America's. I mean, the, the the button that they put put on it is is like you know, and and when I asked Kelvin what people should do if they have a weird idea, and he said that they want to bring to to the world, and Calvin said, "Go for it." Yeah, <laughs> it's just all very it's a, like Good Morning America cheerleady about this like little weird pandemic book. It's it's kind of great. I read a few interviews where he was like, "I don't know, man. They picked my book." <laughs> Also, I wrote this book in Slack, and like Slack seemed okay with it. I know I could have gotten away with it under like parody law or whatever, but like Slack did like or whatever. Yeah, Slack did like a giveaway with it and stuff. And the GMAs, I don't watch a lot of GMA, so I don't really know how these segments feel. But I you're right. I've watched more episodes of the morning show than I have of <laughs> Good Morning America. I used to watch. We were a Regis and uh, Kathy Lee house growing up. Oh, sure. And then Regis and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've since fallen off that by a lot. But uh, yeah, it's clear that they wanted to do... Somebody on their staff found out about this Slack book and pitched it as, we can do a segment about people working from home. Yeah. And we have this book to talk about. Yeah, this is like sudden, suddenly newly relevant to a larger proportion of people who watch Good Morning America. <laughs> yes. Um, but he told NPR, like when he started writing it, he said he he thought that the book was quote going to age like yogurt, because um, he just wasn't sure if Slack was still gonna be. You know, he he knew he was tying his horse to like a particular tech, not even just a particular technology, like a software brand. It's just interesting. Usually, yeah, this I stuff mean, gets like yeah. anonymified, anonymified, or yeah, anonymified. like another a fake term like you know face bag or something you call it yeah you call it like the tight 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 or yeah (laughs) crack flack he says he was inspired to create it he saw a tweet what if what if a novel in all slack and he was like well that would suck but what if it didn't so he took somebody's idea (laughs) well he, so he took he took the idea of Slack from the company Slack that made the software Slack, and then he took the novel idea from someone's tweet. He says they were joking. Mm-hmm. Likely story. Sure. <laughs> um, and he's he's self aware enough. It's a joke until you're into it. Yep. <laughs> he's self aware enough to know that it's like it's a it's a book that has a gimmick, and as he phrases yeah. it, a highbrow stunt is classified as a conceit. A lowbrow one is a gimmick, but the uh-huh. impulse is the same. That's what yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. What is your history with Slack, Andrew? So I, when I started working for Ars Technica, like the first time, like way back in 2012, I think Sounds is when right. I, yeah, when I initially started freelancing for them, I was led into their 
IRC server and IRC is internet relay Slack, chat internet relay chat at Slack before Slack it is I think it's kind of the protocol that Slack was based on in the first place like for a lot of years IRC clients just like regular IRC clients could connect to Slacks and operate in like a text only mode yep um, so yeah like I, I was in IRC so I had like the experience of this persistent like work office chat for a few years before Slack really started taking off. And then I want to say like 2015 ish is when the 2014, 2015 is when ours transitioned to using Slack. Um, we had like a bit a very unruly iMessage thread that outgrew iMessage pretty quickly, like around the same time, like 2015, 2016 that then became like a friend Slack, which I think yeah. a thing. I don't know if people still do, friend slacks or if that's mostly moved to discord at this point i think that's probably mostly moved to discord at yeah. this point yeah because discord's cheaper than <laughs> and yeah i've just like used it every day for pushing a decade now and it's just i don't know it's it's software i use all the time i don't have any particular like feelings about it as a for as, it it's okay. just like it's fine yeah um, and that's that's Slack for me. That is Slack to me. It is int- <laughs> Slack it to me. It is Slack it to me, Dan. Interesting to me because it wasn't until this year, last year, uh, that I started working somewhere that used Slack or anything like it. Mm-hmm. Like my experience with it, mostly, save for a few, uh, like organizing projects, was only social for like almost a decade yeah. which is just weird i know that's not that's atypical that's yeah, I guess not what be, it was pitched for well you maybe you'd be doing like facebook or twitter dms or something like basically for that kind of work is that what you're saying like doing it on social no i mean doing like it was just a social hang it was just our friend slack that was oh, the you only were just, slack I oh, oh, oh you're you're okay you're okay yes now i understand i live my saying. life on social but to hang um, out with my friends <laughs> i go to slack, slack. <laughs> yeah i think most like a lot of pre-pandemic office communication is still happening over email kind of yep. asynchron- asynchronously or you'd be doing uh phone calls sometimes i think that, you know there was some I I worked mostly in places that were remote before the pandemic. And yeah, sure. The pandemic hitting didn't actually change how like the day to day communication worked all that much. So I was kind of used to Slack and Zoom before they became like things that we all had to use to interact with the outside <laughs> world when yep. we wanted to. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, I guess my my experience with it is a little is atypical, but. I, I don't know. I was thinking mine was atypical in the sense that I had years of experience with it before it became part of my job. Yeah. Whereas I do think a lot of like, so I've got a lot of history. Well, the people who are, who did start using it socially, I think only really did it because they were already using it for work and you already yes, have the app fair. installed and yep. you just like spin up a new like instance of it and you invite people and then it's like sticky and people have like six different slacks that they're yep. doing for different stuff. And that's how it, that's how it. Uh, that's how it sticks in your life There's a and makes it so you can never uninstall it. <laughs> pretty good history in the Atlantic article, Slackers of the World Unite by Ellen Cushing. Um, that I'll just do a quick timeline because I think it's interesting where it lines up with the book. But other than that, we can move on to the book. But that has a lot of what you just mentioned, Andrew, of like, uh, and Slack's very, I guess, 
as a business happy about it but that like you might get it installed at your office but then like you're gonna set up a different one to like organize or set up the march madness pool or like Mm -hmm. it's just once you get comfortable with it as a platform you start instancing it and using it in other ways Mm -hmm. um but it was launched in 2013 did you know andrew that it was invented by the same guy who made Flickr. Oh, good. Um, also a tool. Both of them came out of games that he was working on that didn't go anywhere. Flickr, for those of you who aren't 10 trillion years old, <laughs> was like an image sharing yeah. site. It got bought by Yahoo, I think. Yeah. Um, but Stuart Butterfield and his team at TinySpec <laughs> had been making a game called Glitch. And they, cr- I think they made an internal chat tool. I don't think that's the, the chat tool was part of the game. But it was something they were using. They really liked it. So they decided to turn it into a business. Uh, you think Stuart Butterfield can afford to work on all these games and apps and stuff because he's an heir to a immense maple syrup fortune? <laughs> like, that's the. Butterfield is the kind of surname that you only know. have if you're into into breakfast foods, I, I think. I need someone to write a profile of him that goes deeper because I got the. He sold Flickr as the, like, well, this is how he had money to make a game that didn't work that became slack yes mm-hmm. <laughs> um but slack stands for searchable log of all conversation and knowledge are you sure that's what they say <laughs> did, they, did that did it start that way or did no, they come up with a name and work in, and then background it, it was originally called line feed oh and that's then, a much worse name yeah it's much worse so i don't know where i don't know which came first the the word or the acronym but i think the the fact that it's conversational and searchable is like the, the two key things about it. Yeah, and those are the two things that it did over IRC is that it was it's searchable, which means it's persistent. It, yep. Like and it had good like phone apps. It is, there were Seamless, IRC apps yeah. that worked, yeah. but like the the way that an IRC connection worked is if you like weren't con- like actively connected to it, you weren't usually like getting messages from it. And yeah. I think I mean I don't think this was the case on Android, but especially on the iPhone at the time, apps were just like not allowed to run in the background like that. So every time you hopped on an IRC server, you were logging on, but you were doing it with no uh, context for whatever conversation it was that was happening in the channel sure. like bef- right before you hopped in. Sure. Um, so you could use it, but it was not like super, it was not desirable as a work tool. And that was the, that was the biggest change for better or worse. At, <laughs> when we switched from IRC to Slack is that I could work on my phone more <laughs> because mm. I, I had a more full featured chat tool available yep. to myself for the first time. Yep. Um, so yeah. And then you may have seen it like in the news. You, Andrew, you've definitely seen it in the news. You are the I news. love I love seeing stuff in the news. But like Slack had its IPO in twenty nineteen. Um it's what is that? Initial public offering? I don't feel yeah. comfortable just yeah. tossing around acronyms after yeah, I no, that's the what Slack that's what IPO means. And okay. then they got bought by like Salesforce, Salesforce right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then you also may like now they're just part of any media reporting because it's like you know, when New York Times publishes a Tom Cotton op-ed about, you know, hurting protesters, uh, you get reports from the slack of the New York Times or something. Yeah, it's, like, all, it's all over the place when you read stories about union organizing yep. because it's all like there's always this obligatory 
paragraph where someone from management posts some like clueless nonsense in a slack channel and it's like all the all the employees responded with pineapple emojis i've I've seen stuff where it's like management bans like off-topic discussions which is mostly them saying don't organize or complain about management but like you can have the pets picks channel yeah Mm -hmm. instead yeah Um, kid picks yeah (laughs) <laughs> so Kazuki writes this novel because he's like interested in this platform thought that tweet was funny um has an ear for dialogue because he's been a playwright and is interested in playwriting and he's um, also just hanging out in a slack all the time he's also hanging out in a slack all the time and he um, said uh what is a this is in a interview with TechCrunch, which was conducted over slack yeah yeah ha 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 <laughs> what is a what is a work slack but a long endless play <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, well, let's get into the book, Andrew. I have other quotes from him that might come up, but um, why don't you tell me about this book? I know it about it at a high level, but I don't know what's in the server, in the Slack server here. So I can just, I will, I'm going to paste you. I've been, I've been listening to If Books Could Kill, and one thing that they do that is an idea that we might steal is the person who read the book sends the other person the quotes to read out loud, which I kind of like. Michael Hobbs so, loves to do that. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to make you read this quote. I am just going to send you like an actual representation of what the book likes looks like on the page. Sure. Yeah, um, this so would like, not ch- be a good book to like test out this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just like I I'm I am thinking of that while I am sending you a screenshot. Oh, sure. Book. So, um chapter breaks such as they are are formatted as like switches to Either another Slack channel, so channel is. I'm just going to keep explaining. Yes, yeah, that's fine. People don't know what they are. Uh, channel is a a sort of a, an area that a large group of people can be in, and it's nominally like dedicated to a specific kind of chat. So you might have a channel for kid pictures. You might have a channel for like a specific project or. A type uh, of project. Like, or for like daily it. status updates. It's a, it's a way to organize all the information so it's not just one big blob of of chatter with every single person who's in your Slack at any given time. And and channels can have different members. Like, you know, the, the whole Slack has everybody in it. Each channel can have some subset of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's either a different. You've either switched to a different channel, or you're in a different DM. DM just direct message. It's that yeah. however platform works. I'm not going to go into that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> a few things I notice here, and I, I mm-hmm. think I had seen. So like, he's not putting images in. Obviously, it's a it's a work of text, but he's yeah. but he is including the fact that people share images by putting like the file names in brackets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd also heard, uh, and I oh yes, there is an example of this in here. The emojis are not like he doesn't put emojis in the book. He does the colon emoji name colon. Yeah, which is how you would how like a shorthand way to type out the emojis in Slack yeah. if you don't want to use if you scroll through the emoji picker with like the seven hundred different yeah characters in it. Um, if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Or if you have like custom emoji in the Slack that, like, if you have like a picture of Waluigi or like Larry David or whatever, <laughs> or Shrek, like stuff, stuff you know. normal yeah. in Shrek, yeah, and like normal Slack stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, it's just it's all just messages from this group of of people. There are like seven or eight of them, I think, total. They all work in this like New York based 
um, office. The pandemic, the pandemic is not mentioned. It, everybody is generally working from the office, which makes what happens to one of the characters sort of noteworthy. Um, the book begins with this guy, Gerald, who's found himself trapped inside Slack. Like Tron style? Like his, yeah, like his consciousness is in, in Slack. He's not in his body anymore. He's trapped in Slack. Yeah, and he's that's... talking to Slackbot. And he's like, help, I'm trapped in Slack. Help me, help me. Oh, no. And Slackbot is like, I'm just a bot. I can, you could type help, and I can try to help you. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> the rote Slackbot, like, status messages. Yeah, he's he's not... Slackbot is not as pushy as Clippy, but Slackbot's just there for you. Slackbot is there for you. Slackbot kind of negs you sometimes if you yep. type in like some bad syntax with a command or something. Yep. Or if Slackbot you're like, can remind you about things. He's Slackbot got a lot of ideas can, about yeah. linking in other services because you're clearly trying to share a certain trying type of file. Trying to share a Google Doc or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so G- Gerald has discovered that he's trapped in Slack and Gerald goes into his, his work Slack and he's like, Hey, I'm trapped in Slack. And everyone's like, this is, are you doing a bit? Like what is, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I and like most that. people remain for most of the book are pretty sure that he's doing a bit. I like he's just that. trying to like get more work from home time. Okay. But he's also been super productive. And he's doing he's doing great work, and so nobody's really inclined to because well, he can't like, chase him down. Yeah, because he can't leave because he's just in Slack all the time. What else time is he gonna do? Time doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, does he use so his that, personal DM at all? Yeah, he. I mean, what to like DM himself? Yeah, notes and so no. He's mostly when he's doing that, it's just him and Slackbot. Okay, he's talking to I Slackbot. Usually, okay, yeah, okay. and I think there, there's like. Yeah, you can DM Slackbot separately from DMing yourself, but Slackbot's always there, you know? Slackbot's everywhere in every channel. <laughs> yeah, you never know who he's going to talk to. Yeah. Uh, so that the, the the Gerald is stuck in Slack thing is the big, like, overarching thing in the in the book. Okay. Um, but you've also got, like, you've got a bunch of different characters. There are a couple characters who are who are sleeping with each other and trying to keep it on the down low, but they are talking about it in Slack, even though... You know, they know nominally that their manager can read all their Slack messages, but who's going to, you know, who does that? Who's going to, who's ever going to do that? You know, until um, they do. And it's mostly, a lot of it is just people sort of working on, on PR stuff. Like there's this, the uh, dog food company whose dog food is like poisoning a specific kind of dog and Uh-oh. they're trying to help the, the dog food company weather this particular PR crisis. It sounds uh, like it made you giggle or chortle or it's a little, yeah, it's, smile. It's, it's funny. It's it's here's the thing about this book is like you talked about the the line between like high concept yeah. and, and gimmick. And I do think this book for as long as there is some kind of text based group chat thing that exists. It doesn't need to be Slack. Like I'm sure if you use Microsoft Teams all these uh, all these services can, are imitating Slack. Yeah, so. like I, I think if you're using anything that works a little bit like Slack does, you could basically get the the deal because he, he's Slackbot is the is the main Slack convention that he interacts with. Everything else is sort of a like he ta- he talks in interviews about how he did um, 
he he wrote like what's what's the word he he wrote style guides for the typing style of each character yes. like there's a lot mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. attention paid to how people communicate in this sort of medium so sometimes you have people like talking past each other there's one character who other characters kind of like consistently ignore i think a lot of slacks have that kind of person who likes to just come in and say stuff that's a little weird and nobody knows how to respond to it yep. so you just kind of People either like react with an emoji or they're like, oh, wow, that sounds like it's quite something. And then the conversation <laughs> just moves on. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's a lot more about how people interact in the space than it is about like Slack itself as a service. That that was going to be one of my big questions for you was just like, what is it? It is interesting to me, and I alluded to this earlier, that it is a a branded product. And that's for lack of a better like Slack Slack didn't invent this. We've been talking about IRC, but like it caused it to explode in a way that like, you know, Microsoft Word impacted word processors and stuff like that. It's just a shorthand for this type of thing now. Sure. Um, so your point being that the only thing in the book that like is Slack exclusive is Slackbot as a like a locus point. Yeah, right? and 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 all if if it were named if he had had to come up with some fake like Slack esque name, and the the name of Slack bot was you know whatever bot yeah Teams Teams bot I don't know what the name of the like the omniscient bot helper in Microsoft Teams is I don't I honestly don't know. Mm. Um, but anyway, like you, so people I think will get it as long as this kind of work chatting exists. Yeah. So I hesitate to say, you know, that it's going to age like yogurt. Like it's in 10 years, nobody's going to be able to understand what this thing is. No, I, and I, I think the, peop- the people at Slack would certainly tell you that they've, you know, invented or created a good version of how we work now that is different from like when it was only email and sure. only phones or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's and my so, favorite. Uh, that's my favorite uh, site to pay uh, content creators on. Only phones. It's only only phones. Yeah. <laughs> Boo doo boop. Uh, the phone when the, when people the, the phones come out of their packaging and <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, <laughs> and post like little pictures of video. Yeah, you want to see the buttons mm-hmm. um, and like where the the like. And like where the where the charger plugs in and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, just the ports and the yeah, mm-hmm. yep, and, the, yep. and only phones, only phones. Uh, <laughs> just that, like Slack would would tell you that like we're not going anywhere, or things like Slack aren't going anywhere yeah. because this so, is just how yeah. people work now. It is like the, so. The flip side of that is if you have no familiarity with Slack or Teams or any tool that works like this, this book is. I don't know if it would make sense or not. I think a lot of the stuff that hinges on like emoji communication specifically yeah. would, would not hit super great. I don't, I think you could probably pick up from context clues what like a, what a channel is or what a DM is. Yeah. I think probably, but I mean, it's, it's so hard for me to say because I'm so far removed from a person who wouldn't understand all of these concepts. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. I do think you what you said earlier, like there are a lot of people who might pick up this book, they 
don't have a job that requires anything like this, but they are on a few discords, right? Or yeah, yeah, like I think they would basically know, get it. Um, things other social media, like the bigger social media brands, have not embraced anything like this. Discord is like the only one kind of branding itself as a social platform. Slack does not. Slack is like we're a business tool. We're just mm-hmm. a cool business tool that you might we're use. Just a in cool your business life. tool that you might use with your cool friends. Yeah. Um, so what happens to Gerald and Slackbot? Uh, so Gerald is kind of asking Slackbot what's going on because he doesn't want to be trapped in Slack particularly. Yeah. And Slackbot is sort of responding with these rote Slackbot messages about, you know, about how he can, you know, you can type in help and then a query and he'll try to help you or you can try the help center for more information. Uh, but then here's where the creepypasta parts of the book starts coming in is like Slackbot sort of starts responding with other kinds of messages, including like, here's, here's one. The blood dimmed tide is loosed and everywhere. The ceremony of innocence is drowned. Perhaps these articles will help leave a channel, archive a channel. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. So it just like, you're not the closest you get to knowing how Gerald got into Slack in the first place is he was just working on some spreadsheet where he was like organizing different winter coats to try and research what kind of winter coat he might buy. And this is by the way, exactly how the research for a wire cutter article starts (laughs) is a big (laughs) spreadsheet with a million different categories. That's all organized. So I I don't know. Like if you're going to get sucked into your computer, like captain N, the game master. Yeah. Getting sucked into the Nintendo. I think the Google sheets is maybe a good, it's the place where the, the border between reality and the cyber world gets thin you know <laughs> the membrane is stretched you could, yeah you could p- press your way through if you really wanted to okay um cell c3 um what is what happens slackbot is becoming rampant or something so slackbot is kind of is kind of showing signs of like sentience sort of sort of okay. kind of yeah um and then gerald one of gerald's co-workers pradeep is like DMing him and Gerald prevails upon Pradeep to go over to his apartment and like check on him. Mm. And Pradeep does. And it's like, Hey, your body is just like, a, it's like a, it's asleep or in some kind of a coma or something. Like Pradeep is the first human who believes that Gerald actually is trapped in slack because okay. he sees physical evidence of it. Nobody else is that interested because, because like, honestly, like <laughs> outside of a couple of your, like the people you work with the closest, like how many of your coworkers personal lives are you truly deeply invested in? Yeah. <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Say. It's probably, it's different in different workplaces, probably different at a larger workplace than at a smaller one. But like how many of these people can you really, uh, can you can you really like think of them as anything other than like a floating head that spits out text at the end of the day? Well, you know? especially when it's a mostly remote team like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so, what is does he, what does Gerald want to do now that his body is a husk? I mean, he doesn't know he doesn't know what to to mm-hmm. do because he's just kind of trapped in slack. So he's just working. And he's doing a good job, so nobody's really bothering him about how he's in slack all the time. <laughs> Um, th- there are a lot of different, I'm probably just not going to cover all of the little side threads with side sure, characters. There's this one woman named Lydia who's like working on this dog food 
problem. And she also just keeps typing about how she hears howling and there's howling coming from all over the place. Yeah. As the book progresses, she's like, oh, I feel like feels like maybe the howling is coming from it's like following me all around. And maybe it's like coming from inside me and like my bones are rattling. Yeah. Howling. And it's this is again where it gets into creepypasta territory. Okay. On the the book wouldn't have been a bad Spooktober pick, probably. Like mm. we could just play up some of the spooky stuff. Yeah. Cause this woman just like disappears and nobody remembers her <laughs> oh, after that. No. There's there's like one person who remembers that she even existed and everybody else is like, Whoa, this is the worst bit that anybody's tried to pull since <laughs> Gerald told everybody he was stuck inside Slack. Okay, that's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the the main thing is Gerald and, and Pradeep. So uh, Slackbot is slowly getting more and more sentient. And then what happens is like Gerald's body is like up and about, but it's Slackbot in there. It's a monkey. And Gerald bone. is Slackbot in, in Slack now. It's a monkey, and they, it's it's a monkey like, bone situation. It's a monkey bone situation where like in the, the Brendan Fraser movie Monkey Bone. Yeah. Uh, Slackbot has taken over Gerald's body. And is Slackbot trying to do crimes? Is he trying to do... Slackbot is just, like, he is, he's heard Gerald and other people in the Slack talking about what it feels like to have a body. Especially mm. Gerald talking about, like, how, the, you know, there are some things that are nice about not having a body. Like, I don't need to think about, like, eating and you don't get into one of those loops where it feels like life is just kind of, like, eating and pooping and sleeping all in a row <laughs> until you die. Yeah. Um, And in this in this moment where he maybe isn't missing his body quite as much as he was when he first got trapped in the machine. Mm. Uh, Slackbot kind of takes his body and Gerald's like, wait, no, I want that body. Especially because Gerald starts talking more like Slackbot as though like he is becoming less sentient as the, as the book keeps going. Um, yeah, you know how sometimes being alive feels like this terrible cycle of eating and pooping and eating again is exactly what, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gerald says, sure, okay, I just, processing all this, Pradeep, you seem pretty not in a rush. Gerald, it's pretty existentially terrifying, but, and then there's the quote about pooping and eating until you die. Uh, this is kind of a nice break from that. Oh. Pradeep says, not for me, it isn't, because Pradeep's the one who's taking care of Gerald's human body, which yeah, still well. needs to eat and and poop and the other stuff that he talked about. Gerald, I still want to get out and back in my body and be me again eventually. Huh. Uh, so Slackbot takes Gerald's body. And Slackbot is not like a bad... He's uh, Kasulki talks in, has, has said in interviews that Slackbot is just like amoral, basically. It's just a bot. Yeah. I, which, is what it, which is one of the things that Slackbot says a lot is, I'm just a bot. This... This... Uh, there's one interview where he references an essay by the writer Brandon Taylor talking about internet novels and like kind of this like gothic like oh we're so guilty for our relationship to the internet and it's this horrible burden but we're all like online and we can't help it and he seemed kind of like aware that that could be a critique of this book, but isn't actually maybe what this book is up to. And I think if Slackbot were more overtly evil, mm-hmm. that would be what the book is up to. It sounds like like Slackbot's just there. Slackbot's just interested in what it is to have a human body because Slackbot's not had a human body before ever. Okay. 
Uh, and so, so is he like so learning now, the guitar okay. and doing coke? Like, what is he? so now Slackbot in the Slack is Gerald, and yes. Ger- when Gerald is typing in the Slack, because again, this is all taking place in Slack. Yeah. When yeah. Gerald is typing, now it's Slackbot. Okay. Um, and so Gerald is Slackbot as Gerald is saying things like, "I want to seek the physical sublime." If we can't seek the physical sublime, the darkness drops again. But now I know. Hmm. Uh, Slack, uh, Gerald asks Slackbot, "Ask what? What do you? What do you know?" And Gerald <laughs> Slackbot, as Gerald says, that I love to pilot the self meet. Mm. What else can you show me outside here? Your skin is your safety suit. Your skin is my safety suit. Oh. Uh, and like Slackbot like eats a meatball sub really fast <laughs> after Gerald's body hasn't had anything to eat in like months and months. And then Slackbot just talks about how much he's, his body hurts. Uh, love to taste, love to taste the self meat. Uh, let me find this line with the meatball sub. Uh, we had a meatball sub. I love to taste. Um, the best lack all conviction while the worst are full of meatball sub. <laughs> you didn't tell me I love to taste. <laughs> I love meat. You don't understand. Meat is good. Self meat is good. I love to taste with self meat. Slackbot. Gerald has slackbot. Stop calling my body self meat and let me back into my own damn self before you do any real damage. And then so slackbot gives Gerald's body a tummy ache. And it's just like, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it seems charming. Uh, and then Gerald and Prati managed to convince some other people that uh, that Gerald is still stuck in Slack, mostly because Gerald's body is acting so weird and like can't figure out how to sit in a chair and is just talking about this meatball sub that it ate. Okay. Um, and... but. but but Gerald has convinced like the IT people that Slackbot is acting weird and that they need to like reset the Slack instance. So oh. they need to they need to figure out how to get Gerald out of there by this evening or he's gonna be gone forever. No. And then they just like figure out that he was looking at that coat spreadsheet and then they go back to the spreadsheet and like for some reason that makes their bodies switch again and everything is fine. Hey. Sometimes uh, but, it's something simple. But and at some but at some point when Pradeep was taking care of Gerald and talking to him all the time about how his body was, was like not occupied and then was occupied by Slackbot, they fell in love and they started dating. Oh, cool. Cause they were like, cause they were kind of living together because Pradeep brought Gerald oh. over to his house so he wouldn't have to keep going over to Gerald's apartment to like change his diapers and stuff. Oh man. Uh, and they just, you know, they're just like a, it's a, ten, a tender blossom of love blooms between them. That's so cute. It's like has kind of a sweet ending, except for that one woman who is like gone, disappeared, is gone, and disappears, and you never hear from her again. It's like that IKEA book, mm-hmm. a little bit. This, yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of that a little bit because it's. I don't. I don't know if the. I. I don't know if I'd say the IKEA book is like as gimmicky, but it's doing a similar like. Oh yeah. Oh workplace like work. The workplace is is hell sort of mm. or, or like purgatory or something yeah for sure for and sure. it's playing in a similar like comedic space where it's playing on whatever the reader knows about the workplace and then in that case retail and in this case slack it's it's playing on what the reader knows to to uh get most of its its comedy i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot of shorthand to like 
oh, you know most of this. I can subvert it or I can do the thing that you would expect, but do it at like 11, like turn the dial up and that'll make you laugh. Like Lydia just sounds like you just turn the dial all the way up and then she disappears in the chorus of howling dogs. Yeah. Um, there were a few then, like the other the other creepypasta thing is like the people who are sleeping together are having this DM conversation that slowly devolves into weird just like all emojis. Oh, like all, neat. All, and it's just I don't know. Like you, there's a part three quarters of the way through the book where it feels like the entire thing is just going to spin out of control and fall sure. apart. And then by the end, it kind of just snaps back to normal, except for that woman who's gone. Okay. So okay. it feels like it's going to go. I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I would have liked it a little bit better if it had just gone full weirdo <laughs> creepypasta. <laughs> and you'd just seen like the collapse of a little chunk of society through the lens of, of slack. Yeah. But yeah, most of like, it's that the little bits of creepypasta stuff. It's the people who keep doing like their PR office, like make work stuff mm. while everything else is kind of spitting out all yep. around them. Um, it's the, the, like the essential, like, I don't know if emptiness is the word, but just like the, the, the weird, um, busy work nonsense, that you that like the comedy the office draws a lot of its comedy from it's just like a lot of office work is just people doing stuff to like fill time or fulfilling weird client requests that don't make any sense like people are just kind of doing this to to get through the day yep um so the, the people who are still like doing that while other stuff is getting a little wild around them is another place that the book finds comedy but yeah it's just it's just like a fun little book and i read it and i enjoyed it and that's that's the deal. That's the deal with this book. What else do you want to know? What other quotes did you get from Kasulki that you want to talk about? There's one. There's like a, a running theme in a bunch of interviews. I went and listened to part of a podcast he was on called Gender Reveal. It's hosted by Tuck Woodstock. Um, and he mentions this in a few of his other interviews. But um, he said he this book was written... Um, refers to it not as not quite as a post coming out book, um, but it was what it was written when he was taking uh, hormones. Um, he identifies as transsexual as a man, and he says, "I will say that people's reactions to it. Cis people tend to be like, I love this. It's a fa- it's a fun and interesting office comedy, and you know, trans people who I haven't sort of given the deal to yet are like, this is the most transsexual book I have ever read." <laughs> Uh, and his point about that is he says, it's all like the body stuff and your relationship to your body. He says, oh, it's not about like, you know, coming out as an identity thing. It's about the, your relationship to your physical self. Uh, the quote he gives is, oh, man, I have a body and I have to start taking care of it differently. I have to sort mm-hmm. of think about taking care of it at all, uh, mm-hmm. which he says was like a novel concept in his life at that point because he was actively thinking about his body and making choices about it and things like that, as opposed to what you said, which is like, what if I was a brain in a jar, a digital brain (laughs) in a jar? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if there was anything about, you read a lot of the self meat stuff from Slackbot. If there was anything about Gerald's relationship to his self or any of the other characters talking about what they're doing away from the Slack that like pinged for you or why they might've preferred to be in this digital space. Yeah, I mean, it's the only, 
it is it is mostly just about Gerald like not having a body and then ruminating over the nature of having a a, a body. Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then Slackbot discovering what it's like to have a body, uh, like when he eats the meatball sub. The hurts <laughs> the hurts is shattering and enormous. Whoa. <laughs> The self-meat is excruciating still. Mm. Turning and turning in the widening gyre. Pradeep, okay, where's your gyre at? <laughs> Gerald, middle. Pradeep, middle? <laughs> Gerald, self-middle. <laughs> That's f- just like listening. He he clearly knew that like what if a, a, a sentience that had never been physical had to describe being yeah. physical would when, be fun. When is have a break from self-meat? Whoa. Yeah, which is like, I'm, listen, we talk about it sometimes. I'm 37 years old. Sometimes yeah. I would like a break from having a body. Yeah, man. Every, just every once in a while. Especially when I'm trying to do a thing that like either needs to be done or that I just like doing. And my hands are like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to cramp up so bad <laughs> that you can't do anything for six hours. Yeah. That that seems Have like fun, idiot. <laughs> the, all of this stuff seems like what Kasuki added to. Hey, I saw a tweet about wouldn't it be funny if a book was slack? He's like, let me let me put it all this self meet stuff and like relationship to our physical selves stuff mm-hmm. because otherwise it could have just been like, isn't it funny when people send a a gif or a message and then no one responds? Yeah, well, and that's 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 why I think the book takes place in a in an in an office that has slack as a like as a as a tool workplace communication tool but still has an office where people go in and physically see each other because if you're if you're just doing a purely pandemic era book where there is no physical component to it i like you could probably still make a lot of the like physical body stuff hit like you could probably still do some of the same points but i don't think you can draw as strong uh contrast like you would have to you you would almost have to have sections of the book that took place outside of slack like the slack yeah would have yeah. to be it would have to be like every other chapter would be slack or you just have like mostly slack with these these real world interludes where you switch to some kind of narrator who's telling you what's happening out in the real world and in, in this book the only indication of what you have happening in the in the real world is what people talk about in slack and the you know the only reason they have that stuff to talk about in slack is because they can like see each other sometimes or like not see each other as the mm. case may be sure sure um yeah i think that's all i have are there any other books that it like reminded you of because he you know he's talking about where Slackbot came from a little bit of uh like 2001 and blade runner uh but also a toddler he talks about <laughs> kind of uh concept gimmicky books that he liked he references the give yourself goosebumps books as just what if what if story didn't have to be the way that i thought it was yeah yeah i mean i think the the horror store of of the books that we have read recently i think the horror store one is probably the most like the most relevant sure insofar sure. as there is like a gimmick to it yeah well, and it had like structural um, and also like workplace ads stuff, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 That's true. Um, but like nothing else really came to mind. It's just, it's, I think the reason why it was, 
I, I, I went to go see, we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I went to go see if there are any three star goods reviews, mm-hmm. three star goods reviews to, yep. um, help like crystallize my thoughts on it. And a lot of the time at three star goods reviews, you can read like two or three of them and know what the through line is. Like I can, if I have a problem with a book where like the characterization seems weird yep. or just like, I don't know what's going on or just like the sentence structure just seems bad in some way. Usually I'll go to three star good reviews and see those reflected back at me pretty quick. And everybody's, <laughs> everybody's three star good reviews for this one. We're like, yeah, it seems a little gimmicky, but it's like, it's fun and a little creepy and a little interesting and it didn't take me very long to read. So, you know, I liked it and that's that. I think that's the worst thing you read was like, it didn't take me that long to read, but so it's okay if I didn't like, (laughs) (laughs) well, that, that was me paraphrasing. Sure. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's pretty much, I guess I didn't know that there was going to be so much creepy pasta stuff in it. Mitch from Goodreads says this. I think this this sums up the gist of them as well as any. Wasn't sold on this concept before I started, and still kind of not. But like, it's kind of fun. It's kind of wacky. I had some fun. I have problems with the ending. IDK is short and sweet, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, the end. Mitch. IDK as well. IDK. <laughs> I don't know. Calvin seems like a cool dude. That yeah, it's, and this is a fun book. Calvin made it through that weird good morning america segment that part where it's, it's a it's a book you can read in like a couple of afternoons yeah and there are, there's you know there's a lot of room in people's lives for books like that i think that are just like doing one or two interesting things and they aren't like or chattering but they're fun to read and they don't take long to read so you just go read them uh so the good the yes the good morning america the the, the whole thing we'll have to link it on <laughs> on twitter or something because it's just the whole thing is just bizarre the where they have him like typing at a computer while little s- colorful speech bubbles like float around him as if <laughs> yeah, he's like he's talking slacking. to all the other people in Slack. Yeah, he's slacking. That's how you represent it. Oh, there's the part where they're like, oh, it's like the office, and there's just a random just some weird <laughs> random clip from the office. Yeah, like what well, okay, yeah, I guess it does take place in an office. You're right, good morning, America. I watch plenty of just the just the like, way that they treat so many of their guests like they're like a dog that can do a funny trick or yeah. something like that's the, yes. that's kind of the the tone that they take toward many of the people that they interview on that show. So strange. Um, yeah, we'll make sure that we share it out. But cool. Well, I'm glad that you again didn't get trapped in this book, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, I guess the title several people are typing is a reference to Yeah. Because Slack will tell you if somebody is typing, and usually if just one or two people are typing, it will tell you their usernames. And if any more people are typing, it'll say several people are typing. And that several people are typing has sort of become internet shorthand for one person has said something Mm. uh, provocative in a way that has caused everybody else to have an opinion about it. Yes. And we're still waiting to hear what the opinion is, but you know it's, it's bearing down on you like a... Like the the river in the Fellowship of the Ring that washes all the ring rates away before they get to Rivendell. Yeah, that yeah. river, famous mm-hmm. river. Yeah. Um, what's it called? What's the name of that river, Andrew? Do you I know? It's been this. I don't remember. Okay. I thought you might know. It's like white wa- water. 
Whoa, that's a different one. What is that? <laughs> one of the lands of the elves is that one. They got uh, a good deal. The brew, the brew, the brewing in. Okay. Or loud water. Loud water, not white water. Yeah. Okay. Well, I knew it had water in it. This is a ri- classic a, river stuff. Classic river stuff. All right. Wood, well, you know. <laughs> thanks for slacking me this book, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, don't come me no slack so next week uh we'll do more books um if you use <laughs> slack you can tell us about it on email um which is what slack tried to kill send us an email over to pod at gmail.com people still using it it's still out there people still use mails. email in the way that people still use physical mail like it's people still use it but the signal to noise ratio is pretty bad it is mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. if you could just yeah it's bad anyway it's like every to- every yabo who decides they want to run for senate in texas 18 months early is sending me six emails <laughs> yeah like, just stop it just yeah. stop just it's stop. may stop it's may 2023 email. stop it just slack me overduepod at gmail.com at OverduePod on social media. Thanks to Sal, Lori, Ricky, Laura, Joe, Joyce, Nathan, Adriana, Alex, AJ, and many more for reaching out in the past week. Folks have been responding to our May schedule. We'll talk about that in a second. And responding to last week's Sandra Boynton episode. Go listen to that if you haven't. It was a fun time. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read if you want to read along with us. Uh, Patreon.com slash OverduePod is our Patreon project. Support us financially. Pay for books and hosting and equipment. Uh, join our Discord. Uh, take place in Not a Slack. Fun. It's a Discord. Yes, not, not a Slack. It's a Discord. Uh take place in lots of fun and funny conversations about all kinds of stuff, including books, but not just books. Yep. Uh, and get bonus episodes early, sit in on bonus episode uh, recordings, and uh, get episodes of our long read projects early. Currently, we are doing Sand by Me, where we read Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, one trade paperback at a time. Uh, that's pretty much that's the deal. What are we reading next week, Craig? Carry On by Rainbow Roll. Okay. It's a book about magic. Sure. I mean, I'm looking at the cover on OverduePodcast.com right now, and it's just like a couple of different David Bowies holding magic wands at me. So I'm just, we'll see what... Yeah! We'll see, we'll, see what the, we'll see what the content is like, I guess. It's so far... Doesn't seem too far off. Okay. Is what I'll say. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And until we slack you next time, please try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.